Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babel Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and on this episode, I'm going to answer three questions that I got on my Instagram. These questions are a mix of fun and personal ones and marketing ones. If you want your questions answered in a future episode, follow me at Asley Maslow on Instagram so you can send in your question the next time I ask on my stories. Okay, so let's dive in to the first question. If you could have dinner with one person in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? So I put a lot of thought into this and I think the person that I would have at dinner would be Jesus. Um, I actually went through RCIA um, recently, which is the program for adults to become Catholic. And um, I was baptized Catholic when I was um, little, but I never went through any of the confirmation or communion um, or any of the classes, so I really didn't understand it. And as I got older, I kind of became more curious about it. Um, One of the main reasons was because I went through a really dark phase. Um, I was going to therapy for trauma and it really brought up a lot and I felt like I needed something to help me get through it Um, and I talked to my dad and what he did whenever he was having a hard time was he would turn to God and to Jesus and to his religion so I just wanted to learn more to see if it could help me Um, and I didn't want to really commit to a religion if I didn't know everything about it So that's why I went through RCIA, and I should have been um, confirmed at this point, but because of COVID-19 and all the closures, that didn't happen. Um, But it will happen hopefully in the next few months or so. But back to the question um, on why I would have um, dinner with Jesus is because I still have so many questions. Um, I know a lot of the answers are in the Bible and that type of thing, but in the, um, our class had a main teacher, but it also had volunteers that had gone through RCIA themselves, and they answered a lot of questions, and I also have a godmother that's very knowledgeable on things, and I ask her questions, but there's just certain things that no one knows the answer to. And I feel like it would be so much fun and so enlightening to be able to um, sit down with Jesus and ask him just kind of what is the purpose, like what am I supposed to be doing, what is the purpose of COVID-19, like what can I do to help people 
which I know I can pray and get answers that way, but I just feel like that would be a really cool opportunity that I'm obviously not going to ever get, but um, that's who I would pick. So on to question two, have you ever traveled alone? If so, where? If not, would you and where to? Um, so I've traveled alone quite a bit. My parents were divorced, um, so I grew up flying to go see my dad um, regularly. So flying's not never been something that I've been afraid of. I've kind of gotten used to it. Um, and I have gone to Cali three different times um, driving there. Two times were for different conferences that I attended. And one time was to see um, a boy. <laughs> and I, I prefer not to travel alone because I just don't like all the details of planning everything. It honestly really stresses me out. Um, I really like it a lot more when I'm traveling with my mom or my boyfriend and they kind of plan everything out and I just have to show up and pack my stuff. Um, it's just not something that I enjoy doing um, and I'd rather not have to, but if there is an event that I want to go to that I don't know anyone else that is interested, um, then I'm going to take that opportunity and go to the event. I'm not going to not go just because I have to travel alone to do it. Um, so that's my question for my answer for question number two. Um, question number three, how do I get my first 100 engaged followers on Instagram? So this is kind of a fun question for me since I have a marketing agency and this is kind of my forte. Um, so I think this question's interesting because they didn't say just your first 100 followers, they said your first 100 engaged followers. And I think that's a really big difference. Um, you can do the whole follow thing, just follow a bunch of people and try to get followers back or buy followers, that type of thing, which I don't recommend, but you can easily boost up your following with things like that. But to actually get engaged followers that are liking and commenting on your stuff when you offer something, they opt in. That's a big difference. And I feel like a hundred engaged followers is worth so much more than a huge following. So let's get into how you do that. So the first thing that I recommend is making sure that once you do attract someone to your profile and they look at it, that when they look at it, they understand who you are, how you can help them, and they have a reason to follow you. If your posts are all over the place and they don't really know what you do, um, when they, if you do get the opportunity that they land on your profile, they're probably not going to follow you. So really nail down into um, valuable content so then when those people do land on your page, they'll actually follow you. Um, and I can get more into what's considered valuable content if that's something 
um, that you would find interesting, just shoot me a message and I'll record another episode about that. But another thing that I would do is make sure before you ever even worry about followers or growing any of your social platforms that you're set up in a way that makes it worth your while. Because I'm going to probably say this a million times, but you don't own social media. Um, You don't know when they're going to change any algorithms and you can suddenly lose followers. You can randomly get your account hacked. There's so many things that can happen. So as much value as there is in social media, it's way more important to then bring that traffic into a place that you own. I consider social media rented land um, because you don't own it. But the one thing you can own is your email list. So one thing you really want to make sure you have is your um, email list set up so that people can, when they land on your website, they can opt into a freebie or a small offer and you can collect their email because that's the only way that you know that you can always contact them, one. And two, um, people buy at a much higher rate from email than through social media. Um, To me, you really wanna sell directly on social media. It's much better to use it to build up your brand and your trust and then sell in your email list. And then the good thing about that on top of it is that you're not gonna come across as salesy. When someone lands on your page, they're not gonna think, oh, this person's um, like in an MLM or something and they're obviously just gonna try to sell to me. You don't have to come across right away with what you sell. Instead, you can show how you give value and how you help people and let people know um, what they, what type of content they can expect from you and what they can gain from you, really. So once you have your profile set up in a way that your posts are related to the value you're giving in your specific niche, um, and your, in your bio and your link, you're pointing them to sign up for some type of freebie, an ebook, a mini course, um, a discount, anything like that, so you can collect their email. Um, after that, there's two things that I really like to use to grow, um, and I mainly do organic marketing, as I mentioned in the last episode. I really don't use ads. Um, ads are a way to more quickly get in front of people, but um, it's not always necessary, but it, it can take more time to do it the organic way, um, which is why you might want to consider getting a VA and hiring a VA. Um, and I do have a free ebook on that. I will put that in the show notes. Um, I also do have another free ebook on growing your Instagram, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. But one thing that you can do is use hashtags to reach your ideal client. 
So on Instagram, you can use up to 30 hashtags on a post and you can use up to 11 hashtags in a story. Um, so one thing you can do on your story so it's not like cluttered with all these hashtags is once you type up all your hashtags and they're on your story, um, just pinch them and they'll go smaller and smaller and you won't be able to see them, but you will still show up when people search those hashtags. So that's a really great way to reach more people without it looking like you're, um, trying to basically, um, so then in your um, post, you'll use up to 30 hashtags. So this is the strategy that I like to use. Um, I do have a blog post on this, so I'll link that below. But basically, you want to use hashtags that are relevant to not just what you do, um, but also go a little bit more niche than that. So say you're a hairdresser, you would want to use hashtags not just hairdresser because people are going to find you from all over the world and if you don't offer anything online then it's kind of a waste. Instead, say you live in Vegas, you would use hashtag Vegas hairdresser um, because then you know you're targeting specifically girls that live in your area so they can actually work with you. Um, so I'm going to link to my blog on hashtags because that goes a lot more into detail on that. Um, but the other thing that I would do is engage with your ideal followers. You need to figure out who it is that's your ideal client and that you would like to work with, or if you're a blogger, who your ideal reader is. That would be the type of person that when you mention a brand's name, they're going to actually go out and buy it. So you need to get really clear on who that is. Um, something that I like to do is I make my ideal follower basically me, but a couple steps behind me. That way, I know I'm helping her and I know she's just like me. So the things that I like, she likes, and it's just so much easier to relate that way. Um, I worked in the music industry for a while and originally my agency, The Babble Boutique, was all about music marketing. So I help um, musicians and bands create their websites, create their online presence so that they could um, build up their following and either get signed to a label or they could um, just set up their website and everything in a way that they make money and they didn't need a label. But the thing is that I'm not a musician and as much as I learned about the music industry from being in it um, and working in it and meeting other musicians, I could just never be as authentic as I want it to be and I couldn't completely understand everything that they were going through because we were so different. So that's why I switched to working with other solo entrepreneurs, um, people that are starting their business, especially heart-centered females that are starting their business. Um, and those are the type of women that I interview on this podcast as well. So my recommendation to you is to really nail down who you help and who you want to work with. 
Um, because then it'll be so much easier to be able to, one, create content, but then also to identify people based on hashtags that they use. Um, so you can find them on Instagram and start engaging with them. So what do I mean by engaging with them? I like to use something called a the three two one method. Um, and you can do this, you can either do this yourself or you can hire a VA. So my agency does do VA work um, if you want to do it that way. But I also have the free ebook that I mentioned that you can use to um, look for a VA and know what to look for and that type of thing. But basically what you're going to do is you're once you find a profile that you like and you think this is my ideal client or follower, go through her posts, like three photos, watch her stories, watch some of her highlights, leave authentic comments, really try to build a relationship with her, especially if you are trying to build your first 100 engaged followers. You need to be authentic and you need to create real relationships. A lot of people want a huge following, but they don't want to put in the effort that it takes to cultivate these actual relationships. And that's the thing. Social media is supposed to be social. So once you've liked their three posts, gone through some stories, that type of thing, leave at least two comments on different posts and make them authentic. Um, really be honest. Don't try to write something fake or that comment on a picture that you really don't resonate with. Try to look for ones that you do resonate with or you can see something that you guys have in common. And then um, once you've done that, send them a direct message and really just start the relationship. You're not trying to sell to people right away. And I think this is where people really get the wrong idea about what your what um, direct outreach is. I get so many messages from other agencies or um, brands and the first thing they say to you is, hey, this is how you could help me. But why do I care or why would someone you're messaging care how you can help them? They don't, honestly. But most people are craving connection. So if you can create an actual relationship with them and then eventually once they start following and seeing your content that's valuable, they'll realize, oh, like we're friends, but you could also help me with this thing. I want to hire you because I trust you and I like you. So that's the whole thing. You just need to build trust and like with people um, in order for them to basically want to work with you. Um, and you need to show that you know what you're talking about. And there's a few ways you could do that. One is just posting on social media, showing your value, um, giving free tips, having a freebie that gives real value. You can check out my freebies to kind of get an idea of how I did that. So you can recreate something for your industry. And then another, another thing you could do is be on podcasts like this one um, and show what you know through interviews because anytime you can collab with other people, whether that's through a podcast or a blog um, or going live on Instagram with someone else, um, 
which side note is really cool because if say you went live with me on Instagram, it would pop up to all your followers that were going live, but it would also pop up to all of my followers. So those are just ways that you can build your brand by taking advantage of someone else's audience that's similar to um, the people that you want in your audience. So that's a great way to kind of quickly grow and get in front of more people. So I think those are all my tips um, for question number three. And I think I want to do an episode like this again, if you guys like it, if you find it helpful. But I wanted to thank you for the questions and for listening in. Thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.